From across the pond, this is Off the Record with Big C. A despondent Big C after the football that we just watched, and no doubt a despondent Stinky Pete as well. But we're not going to no, be talking. I'm not despondent. I'm bloody angry. Yes. That is not the same as despondent. Well, I'm fairly. I'm both actually. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm both. Yeah, Spurs lost tonight in the FA Cup. But uh, thank you, Shaggy, um, for introducing us and recommissioning us for season yes. four. Season, season four, four. Off the record. We're mm. on the road again. Oh, we are on the road one. again. Episode one, <laughs> seasons four, which will be the ninety-first episode in all of the. Podcast. We're going to have a major party with balloons and things when we get to a hundred. A hundred episodes or hundred yeah, series. I mean, no, a hundred episodes. <laughs> we get to hundred series, only long dead mate. You'll be propping me up in the corner with a stick. No, hundred episodes. I'll get a slim Nick back. <laughs> just, you'll be as dead as I will. I don't for think. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think you'll be well, here. I, I don't think I'll be here either. To be <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, welcome, Stinky Pete, and welcome to anyone watching on Facebook Live and listening on your favoured forum, your podcast forum. Um, it's off the record, and we talk music. We talk music with a, with a bit of a twist this week for the opener uh, because we are talking artwork so the sleeves the album sleeves album artwork whatever you want to call it for well that's what we're discussing our favorites maybe the iconic ones from over the years uh etc etc and comments about both i mean there, there might be a bit of overlap we haven't really got a precise list of 10, I don't think, have maybe maybe Pete has, I don't know. No, I've got a very imprecise list of about 30 albums on here, which I will yeah. try at some point to throw in some way or other. <laughs> okay, well, 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 we'll give it a go anyway. There's so many. I mean, how important is artwork to an album? Well. Answer. Answer on a postcard. I think, this is my view, purely. Yep. I think in the 60s and 70s and 80s, it was very important because what vinyl gave you, and obviously less so with cassette, but what vinyl gave you was a big canvas to do the artwork on. And so when you bought an album, yes, of course you bought it for the music, but if the art- artwork stood out, then that was something that you also, like. so it was like, it was like having a work of art. And you take some of the great, designers and I'm you know I'm thinking obviously of people like Roger Dean and um and Storm Thorgerson from Hypnosis then you know these guys really were artists and you kind of you were buying a piece of art I think when you started getting down where everything was on CD the canvas is much much smaller um and Mm. so it was less important and obviously now with streaming then it's not important at all. But then again, people don't really buy albums, do they? They buy tunes. So, it, it, you know. These days, yeah, I think you're so right. The whole, the whole thing has changed. But I think that the stuff, well, certainly the stuff I've chosen, it does span the decades, and I think it stands the test of time as well, although most of the good ones are from that. Yeah, period. I'd say most most of the album artwork, album sleeves that I've gone for, on the whole, are albums that I do like. It's not like I've just gone for the artwork. What I have tried to do is 
maybe go for a few, certainly at the start. I've got some iconic ones too, um, and included in some of those iconic ones, some of the ones where the sleeve, I mean, almost becomes bigger than the music, the album. You know what I mean? It, it sounds a bit stupid. No, that, I, think, I think that's right, and I think I've got a couple of those on my iconic covers as well. I mean, e- even like the the biggest and the obvious one for me, I'm thinking, yeah, I think this artwork is known, it's known more for the artwork almost than the songs contained therein. Well, it's okay. a strange one. Yeah, yeah and, and I think we've had this conversation before and I can't remember in what context. I would think it was maybe in the context of talking about icons, wasn't it? Um, so maybe iconic albums is the same. But I think there are some images which are T-shirt images or definitely post- so people have got the T-shirts or they've got the posters of some of these iconic and it's not even ju- it's not necessarily just the covers maybe it's just the logos from the covers um, but but they've become almost synonymous with whatever the genre is whatever the musical genre is um, so and and almost so you recognize the music from the art rather than the other way around. around. Yeah. So if you, you know, if you name two or three songs and said it's on album X, people will go, Oh, that's the one with the, yeah. The artwork exactly. or whatever. Yeah. 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 Okay. But um, I think what was interesting to me was that the more I thought about this and, and, you know, I think my, my ones that I've chosen as my favorites, as opposed to iconic covers, um, I've I've got all of them bar one, and the one I haven't got is on its way to me from my dealer. Um, but the um, but I think what all of them have in common is that I love the music, but the album artwork was very much a part of not the purchase decision, but the kind of the way that you view the album. So the two are very much very much linked in in all of mine. Okay, I understand that. Now, I, I've got a few, uh, some of the ones I've got are, I think, the, the album sleeve for a particular, al- particular album is so symbolic to the, the, the artist and the style of music that they play. Right. That I thought, yeah, I'm going to have to put them in. Um, yeah. can, can I throw one in right at the start? This, I mean, there are, there are a few, sim- um, not symbolic, um, Iconic, that's the word I'm looking for. Well, why, don't, why don't we cover the iconic ones first and then go to the ones that are on? Okay, there's, there's certainly a lot of... Okay, I'm going to throw one in at you straight away. Well, so the reason I say that is because I don't have any iconic, maybe one. I don't have any iconic, I don't think, on my list. Oh, really? Okay. No, I, th- I don't think so. I mean, you might disagree. You might say, well, of course that's iconic, you idiot. But, you know... All right. Well, I, I'm going to throw one at you then, which I think is an what I would call is an iconic album cover, and it's the album cover, the album that probably introduced the vast majority of their fans into the band. Right. All right. I think it was at 1976. It came out. Yeah. Maybe a good year for artwork and albums. So, well, the 70s were a good year for artwork, weren't they? Um. And the, the artwork I'm thinking of, I don't know whether I can, oh, I'll just say it, it's Rumours. 
and it's Fleetwood Mac. I've gone for okay. Right. The two of them on the front cover, you've got Stevie Nicks. I think that it sort of represents the two sides of the band, sort of Stevie Nicks and John McVeigh. Stevie, well, it's Mick Fleetwood, I think. Isn't it's it? Mick Fleetwood, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stevie yeah. Nicks, she's sort of standing or. Is she standing? Is she? Um, I can't oh, remember. Kind of, isn't she squatting somehow? Yeah, squatting maybe with a with a flowing flowing outfit on, and yeah. she's holding out to the viewer or the listener, uh, whoever we are, uh, a crystal ball. Um, wh- whereas Mick Fleetwood, the drummer, is just standing there, posing, deadpan, foot on a stool, yeah. with uh, a couple of wooden balls dangling between his thighs. Now, to me, that sort of, I don't know, in it, it's got the mysticism yep. and it's got the good humour all thrown in and it sort of defined the band's existence. And it's a mighty fine album too, to be honest. Their best by a country mile of that era, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah but that, that, John, that period of Fleetwood Mac's career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and... But it certainly put them in uh, superstardom uh, arrived, didn't it? When that when that's that came right. out. Um, but that's that's why I chose that one. Uh, the photo on the cover was by Herbert Worthington, apparently. Not and this is interesting because I, I I spent some time concentrating on. So my my te- my favourites. I've got most of the people who were involved in creating it, but on the iconics, I didn't bother because I assumed that most of them would be so iconic. Either you would know or... Or, or you would know. Would well, there you go. Anyway, Rumours Fleetwood Mac is my first one, but that is an iconic one. Right. So is that is that an iconic album or is that one of your choices? That's one of my choices and it's an iconic one, I would say. Right. Okay. As I said, well, it was a big overlap for me. Uh, I, I think um, iconic album covers, one, two, three, four, five. I mean, it's difficult, isn't it, with this iconic thing? I've got at least half of these are probably iconic albums. Well, people know okay. they have shirts. They see people walking around the streets with these well, shirts. Well, all right, so what we'll do is I'm going to go through my 10. You go through yours. The ones that are iconic on your list, if I've got them on mine, we'll have a chat about it. And then I'll throw my iconic ones in at the end. And then, what, what? sorry, as we go. But what I also want to do is talk about what happened in the 21st century when people were confronted with, well, we're not, you know, vinyl wasn't stuck. I mean, vinyl now is massive, but it wasn't at, at the beginning of the 21st century. Um, and so what did bands who mostly were producing stuff on CD format, what did they do to mitigate that? And actually what they did was to produce books. And, I, and I've got some examples of those as well. Right. So I'll chuck those in later. Okay. All right. So your first one then. Right, so my first one is um, the Hypnosis um, cover, which should give it away because it's Pink Floyd. Um, and it is not the one that uh, everybody thinks. It is wish you were here. No, you see, I've got that. I've got that on my on my list here. Right. Is okay. it iconic? Is it not iconic? I don't know. Well, but I it- think it's iconic to Pink Floyd fans. But if I think if you talk to a person in the street and said, "Okay, here's this album cover. Who is it?" Pink Floyd fans would know, and no one else would. But mm. what I what I what I love about it is 
how and, and I've got very diff lots of mine they're very different types but what I like about Wish You Were Here is that it is so very stark you've got the two figures facing each other one on fire one not they're standing on an empty well I mean it's basically it's a film set isn't it they're not a film set it's it's a lot it kind of when you look yeah. down behind it it looks like it's um sound stages yeah, yeah. Uh, so oh, I don't know whether it's Hollywood I don't know whether it's Elstree wherever it is but um but what I like is, it, you know, it's white. It's just got the, that very striking photograph in the middle of it. Um, and it, I was doing a bit of reading around it because that's the one album that I haven't brought with me because that's the one I'm waiting for from from Gordon. It's on Gordon. my next. It's on my next delivery. Um, but when it first came out, it came out. It was in a black cellophane wrapper. Oh, was it? Yeah, with just the sticker on it, saying Pink Floyd. And you had to open the black cellophane wrapper to see anything of the artwork inside. Now, I mean, you know, it's it's my it's my favourite Floyd album, um, not least of which because it has "Shine on Your Crazy Diamond," which is my favourite Floyd song. Um, it doesn't so have many other songs actually. It, no, it doesn't because it doesn't need it because that's so no. iconic. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, for me, the it it it, it leaps out at you in the same way that the other one that at some point we have to talk about does but i think in a much more understated way which is kind of why i love it um so uh so that's my first one wish you were here which is the only one i don't have with me to wave around okay well we, we don't want you waving around no thing. no on, no, on camera definitely. um yeah i i had wish you were here again i i thought that um the that the, the album sleeve almost i mean correct me if i'm wrong listening to the, you're more of a lyric man than i am but it does sort of pick up on the on the themes um inherent in the lyrics of the album maybe you've got the uh insincerity that runs through the music industry and you've yes. got you've got the one businessman as you say who is literally burned by a handshake deal. Yeah. Quite yeah. literally. And I was really... That's quite, quite stark. It was quite dangerous, apparently. <laughs> I'm sure. As you can well imagine. <laughs> Setting yes. fire to someone? Dangerous? Who'd have thunk mm. it? Yeah, before CGI as well, I guess. So uh, it was yeah. obviously... Yeah. A stump so obviously shot in one take. He was wearing asbestos pants, I assume. <laughs> I don't know what he was wearing. But I suspect that probably messed up a bit afterwards. Like, <laughs> in more ways than one. And um, indeed. Well, it, we might as well. Should we mention the other one we we talked about? Yeah. It? Okay. Well, um, so obviously, it's, uh, Dark Side of the Dark Moon. Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. Which which is on my which is on my iconic list. Um. You know, you can't have a conversation about album, about album covers without Dark Side of the Moon. You know, everybody. I should think half of the planet knows the pyramid with the uh with the rainbow coming out of it um yes. you know the not the rainbow the um whatever it is you call that um and then on that very stark black that cover. very stark black cover and i mean you know it's on t-shirts it's on mugs it's on posters it's on t-shirts you know, it's, you it's, it's, but it's become it it's almost become an image outside of what its original intention was, hasn't it? it it's it's I guess. encompassing. 
It's like if when you see when you see someone. Well, we may have mentioned this the other day when we were discussing this before, and uh, it, it is a valid point that people will wear the t-shirt and they'll know it's Dark Side of the Moon. Other people will look at it and think, "Oh yeah, that's Dark Side of the Moon." Well, yeah, yeah but they won't be able to name the tracks on the album necessarily, though. No, and and that applies to one of my other ones, um, which I'll come on to. Um, so yeah, Dark Side of the Moon obviously is an iconic album. But again, that's hypnosis again, isn't it? So you've got the they did a few, your, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they 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 just a, just a few. Yeah, we well, got hypnosis, and then you got Roger Dean, and you they're, they're kind of the two towering presences in nineteen seventies and eighties. Well, I mean, and, and, and through into you the mentioned night. you mentioned Roger Dean. I'm just going to mention one here. I don't. I need to stay. There was a um, uh, a compilation of album artwork. Uh, favorite album artwork by artists that oh. created artwork and Roger Dean, his favorite artwork is an album I'm not familiar with, to be honest. Uh, it's a Grateful Dead album, uh, called Oxo Mox OR, okay. um, which came out, it was the third, third album in '69. Um, and it, he called it blisteringly, blisteringly amazing. If I can't actually show it on screen. It's not going to mean much. People might know the album. I'm sure someone like Rondo might know the album. Well, um, would know this, but Roger, yeah, Graham would know it as well. Uh, Roger Dean saying he he didn't copy the album, um, but it, um, it it allowed him to do his thing subsequently. If you see what I mean, when he sees it, it it. it it's, he says he sees freedom, and people see different things, don't they? In oh, yeah, in, our, in artwork, which is which is the funny thing about one of the other albums that I was going to mention, which I won't mention now. But I will as we move on swiftly. I'm going to move on to another one, completely different style of music to Pink Floyd. But I think, and, and as a piece of artwork, you might think, what? How can he have that in there? Um, but I think it is so indicative of the style yeah of music and it was so basic a very controversial album when it came I out. know where you're going with this and it's on my iconic list too is it it is oh, interesting all right well uh, at least, unless I'm wrong but you, the way you've built this up I'm thinking down one particular route <laughs> was it in 1977 this album you're thinking about uh, it probably was yeah was it the sex pistols? Yes. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. Right, I've, that's 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 on my uh, that's on my iconic list as well. It's on my iconic list. Well, it's on a, it's an iconic album cover as far as I'm Absolutely. concerned. Absolutely. As far as it's I'm concerned. Yellow and was it you yellow and pink, isn't it? Uh yes, yellow yeah. and pink. It's sort of day glow colours, but yeah, day glow, it's, yeah. it's like well, it was one of the most controversial when it came out for obvious reasons, with the word bollocks, which isn't necessarily a Particularly strong word if you're not from the UK, but it's not particularly strong word here either, to be honest. But it was considered a swear word. I mean, police raids on record shops for not covering up that word on the album sleeves. Ridiculous, to be perfectly honest. Um, but the day, the, the thing, the, the thing about it is, it's so punk, isn't it? The Dayglow design, the sort of ransom note style lettering, it's like it's ripped, isn't it? It's, exactly. it's yeah, exactly. And it was, I think, sort of the high um, watermark of punk era DIY design. Or yeah, basically, yeah. Totally agree. Totally. And again, how many t-shirts, white t-shirts, do you see 
with the yellow and the the neon yellow and the neon pink. Never mind the bollocks. I mean, you, they're they're everywhere. So I think it's uh, I, I think it absolutely deserves to be um, iconic. Now you know, is it great art? Not as art, you know. No. Roger Dean and Tom Sargasson aren't going to be sleeping. Aren't going to be you know worrying about. As you're going to sleep. As a no, exactly, but as a as a statement, and let's face it, that's what part of what album art should be. As a statement, you'd be hard pressed to think of a better one, wouldn't you? You you would, I think. Um, and what, I'm just I'll throw this in as well because it's an, I think it's another iconic album cover that was in the punk mold, which again I think displayed the four members of the band up basically against a brick wall in 1976 when it came out. Their debut album, um, the ripped jeans, the leather jackets, the sort of no fuss attitude uh, in the face of all comers, uh, unpretentious as it's possible to be. The Ramones, I'm thinking about their first album cover. Um, Again, I think you you see that image, don't you, all the time on shirts uh, with just the four of them. Uh, of course, there's none of them left now. But I did. I didn't have I'd that. Put, I didn't have it on my list. But now no. that you mention it, yeah, I, similar yeah, sort of a, thing. Yes, it's yeah, for the yeah, same yeah. reason as Sex Pistols. Anyway, that's the Ramones thrown in. Then, so you're on next. What do you got? Okay, so I'm going with this one next. Ooh. Exhibit A. Oh, Funkadelic Maggot Brain. Funkadelic Maggot Brain. Was that '71? It was 1971. It was on my great, albums, my, great, my great albums from 1971. Um, brilliant picture of um, the head of Barbara Cheeseborough, the model, coming up out of the uh, coming out of the mud. Um, all kinds of uh, stories about why it was called Maggot Brains. Some of them urban legends. Some of them maybe real. Um, what's certain is that. Um, um, uh, George Clinton was completely off his face on LSD when they did most of the album. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, uh, and, and it certainly has that, uh, has that ring about it. Um, the, uh, the liner notes are interesting. And again, I mean, obviously I've only got the CD, but if you've got the actual original album and you open it all up to read and then go through the liner notes, but in the liner notes, um, there's a polemic, um, on fear, uh, from, the quote-unquote process church of the final judgment uh, which was some kind of satanic cult that were around at the time and were you know this kind of doomsday uh, cult and there's this kind of thing in there about uh, there's this thing in there about that um, and it, it, it's a very dark album but I just think that that screaming head coming out of the ground is absolutely riveting it draws you to it so like when i when this album came out what was i i was 13 14 um so i wouldn't have bought it at the time um but three or four years later wandering around record shops when i was up at uni up in hull um and wandering around the record shops and just seeing the poster the, you know the, the, the maggot brain poster and then seeing the album in the rack it absolutely leaps out at you and if you didn't know it it make you go round the back to the you know the bloke and say can I sit in the booth and listen to one of the tracks because the because the artwork draws you in I think mm. um, and it, you know even the kind of 
the the writing the funkadelic and the maggot brain you know in that very stark orange color and they're not it's not straight it's kind of um you know it's all woozy like it was done on lsd so i think the whole thing is is a bit trippy and vaguely scary but um but i think is is very powerful uh, and it's always been a favorite so yeah, that's my second one we're talking album sleeves yeah i think yeah you're probably right it, it is quite iconic it's one of those that you you'd recognize and think yeah that's them i mean george clinton Psychedelic Parliament, I must admit, isn't up my alley in the slightest, to be perfectly honest. Well, most if of the I rest went, of his stuff isn't for me. If I went in, if I went into a booth and having a look at the sleeve, I went in the booth, listened to a track, I said, nah, not bothering with that. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that probably tells you I'm more interested in the music than the album artwork, but it is, yeah, but it is the, actual, the actual track, Maggot Brain, is a 10 minute, 18 second piece of guitar genius. I mean, the, 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 the guitar solo is heartbreaking it's brilliant the rest of it's you can take or leave but if if a little short for your taste 10 minutes i mean 10 it could have done with being 15 or 20 really to get the full (laughs) effect but uh you know 10 minutes is it's not a bad start i maybe i'll get you to play it tomorrow (laughs) my one one request it's a pissability anyway Um, that's me that's my second one right okay now i'm gonna throw another one again that's quite sort of symbolic and and I think I think again we, we are maybe disagreeing with some of these the terms are iconic. I don't know. I think it's a fairly iconic display a f- photo, and it it is displaying. It came out in nineteen eighty four, and it's sort of displaying the American dream. Uh, there, the artist is standing in a plain white t shirt, blue denim trousers red baseball cap in his back pocket ah i've got this on my iconic list gazing gazing towards the stars and stripes no doubt um freedom is, is this is this a is this a um is the, the photograph by annie Leibovitz? it is annie Leibovitz, indeed so photograph we are talking born in the usa we are talking born in the usa it's yeah, a highly misinterpreted song of course yes. born in the usa but it, it is a it just it's so patriotic to everyone isn't it i think the whole album well i think it's a really interesting american album. it's a really interesting album as well isn't it because basically it could be a greatest hits album because pretty well every song on there was a hit um, yes and um but i think again if we're talking album if we're talking album artwork and we're talking what is iconic most people who like rock will know born in the usa yeah that 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 picture and it's it's interesting with springsteen because i nearly chose um born to run because born to run is born in the usa the opposite way around isn't it because he's then looking is then looking at you, yes. um, uh, but it's more stark. In and it's black and white, isn't it? The Born to Run. And who's, who's um, that with him then? Is that is that Steve Vincent or someone on the Born to Run? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I can't remember because I don't have the album. I've got I, I've got the image, but I haven't got the actual album. But, someone. Um, oh, Rhonda chose Born to Run in her favourite list, actually. Right. So yeah. But I think yeah, Born in the USA is is an absolutely iconic one, and I think what makes it iconic is. You know, it's the it's the jeans, it's the way he's kind of slouched slightly to the side, and then it's the baseball cap in the back pocket. Yeah, that's it. Because it, it's basically, 
you know, it's it's basically black and blue, isn't it? And then you've got this red flash there, mm. which draw and it draws your eyes to that and say, well, what is it? You know, so the first time you look at it, you think, what is it? And then you realise it's a baseball cap. So uh, yeah, and I the, just all the music on the album looks like the sleeve. If that, if that, yeah, if yeah, that, but yeah, basically it does. What I mean, yeah, it's it's, an, it's album. an it's an auditory representation of a visual picture. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, okay. I agree. Yeah, Good. Yeah. Okay. You're on the ball, you're okay. Right. My next one is this one. This is Cream and Disraeli Gears. It is Cream and Disraeli Gears. Indeed. Um interesting story about this one. Um, the guy who did the uh, what I love about it, and, and I'm a real and there's a couple of these, I'm a real sucker for this 1960s early 70s psychedelic stuff yeah. um one of my sons nick he did um he did an illustration degree and he did his dissertation on pop art and i remember talking to him about you know all these different these different album covers and the the and also like posters and things and the impact of uh, the impact of psychedelia and, and uh, on pop art and you know that is a classic example of the genre isn't it um it's um i could, would say it probably could do a little bit more color on it though yeah i mean it's yeah it's not colorful <laughs> enough is it really i think it could do with a little bit more pink red and orange um yeah. but anyway uh and it's by um it's by a guy called martin sharp who is an australian artist mm -hmm. but he was a mate of um our friend mr clapton so okay. yes so basically when they brought it out i think eric gave him a nudge and said knock up smart work for us and that's what he came up with. But what i what i like is um i like the way because it's basically kind of birds and um uh kind of trees and things but then you've got the faces you've got the name of the band and then buried right there in the middle you've got the israeli gears um, and you have to look at it several times to work out what the album title is. Uh, and I think that that was part of the mystery of that era where you know, a lot of it was kind of, you know, work it out because I've got a couple other of, the, of those on the, on my on list. list. So, um, yeah, but I, I've, I've always loved Israeli gears. Um, sadly, I've only got the CD. I haven't got the, the vinyl, but you know, on vinyl, it really is a, it's very stark. Um, mm. So yeah, an interesting one. And was okay. that to be meant to be called derailer gears or something it was that's what yeah it was one of the roadies who didn't understand uh misunderstood he he, he just had his bike done and uh he, he was talking about the derailer gears but um he got it wrong and said Disraeli gears. so Disraeli gears. i always liked the idea of um you know the first super group giving a nod to um benjamin disraeli who you know i'd take him as prime minister right now over the current morons True. Well, you'd probably take me over the current morons. I'd, I'd take your headphones. They'd do a better job. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't have me headphones. Right. Um, right. I'm moving on to somebody. I, there, there are a few by this artist I could have chosen. Again, from his 70s output. I'm thinking the image of the Heroes album, for example. I'm thinking of... The, even the Diamond Dogs. Well, Diamond Dogs was the, was iconic the, because it got banned. 
maybe that makes it because well, they had to remove the bollocks off the dog didn't they oh, right okay yes, originally the dog had bollocks but they had to do something with the bollocks you have put some wooden balls hanging down like, like Fleet there is an the issue religion. with the music industry and 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 not and bollocks. bollocks yeah yeah okay the sex pistols obviously had yeah. an issue too um yeah. also ziggy stardust of course another iconic album cover i've gone however for his 1973 album, which I think shows him um, on one of his probably his most unforgettable looks. Yeah. The painted face or whatever. The lightning bolt. Yes. And his face. So um, we're talking Aladdin Sane here. We're talking Aladdin Sane. It's like a perfect um, representation of his increasingly fractured sense of self as he became sort of lost in his sort of persona of Ziggy Stardust. I think, I think there's a teardrop on there as well, actually, isn't there? Uh, I think, I think there anyway, but yeah, it's, and what the, the two different color eyes as well, of course. Uh, anyway, yeah. Aladdin saying David Bowie. And you're right. It could, there could have been any one of the, the ones, because I was, I was toying with the idea of having, Station to station, because that um, you know the alien image just with its head just inside, with all of the kind of sound deadening stuff around, you know, looks like egg boxes. Uh, but um, I, I think that's a really stark image as well. So um, yeah, he's he's probably got more than his fair share. I mean, Hunky Dory again, you know, is a very is very striking, isn't it? So I think you could have you could, picked half, you could have picked half a dozen Bowie ones. Uh, he actually isn't on my list, but I, I kind of figured you'd probably choose a lad insane, so I didn't bother. Yep. Okay. Well, I did. And there you go. Indeed. Smart ass. Listen, I, just, I think I know you relatively well by now. Um, right. Okay. That's me. So, my next one is not only an absolutely magnificent piece of artwork, it's also one of my very favourite albums. And it is... Not yes, is it? Oh, it's love. Forever changes. Forever changes. Yeah. Well, as, is, as we found out, it's actually meant to be called Love Forever Changes. Yes, indeed. For some reason, yeah. But yeah, we discussed this on your, probably on the 67 album. No, 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 it's the 67. And I love the quote on the back of it, which is, this is the, the back cover um, with the band. Uh, but yeah. I love the quote, 1967, nothing caught the strangeness of these days or captured the combination of beauty and dread they contained, quite like love's masterpiece forever changes. I mean, that is some testimonial. Anyway, mm. um, it's, uh, it, I, it, I love that. It kind of, it vaguely reminds me of a map of Africa. I, yeah, I, I see it. I see it. Maybe it's, it's, it's too. Well, maybe it is. Um, but again, it's that psychedelic, Art. I I really love the love logo, um, which mm. is so hippy trippy. It's so it, it is. It is. I mean, it is so nineteen sixties. Um, and 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 I think it's I think it's wonderful. Um, you know, the blue hair and the green hair on Arthur Lee. Um, it was um, the illustrator was a guy called Bob Pepper, and what he is most famous for is not doing um, Forever Changes. He did a lot of the covers for Philip K. Dick novels. So oh, he really? was basically a book illustrator who was asked to do Forever Changes. But again, I think 
I, I, it's not iconic because not enough people will know it, but it is an iconic 1960s rock cover. Mm. So it, it, it's iconic within a very small genre and a, and, and, and a group of people of our generation who would have grown up with it and loved the music. Um, so I don't think it's iconic, but it is, it's iconic of its sort. Um, and again, one that you look at it and you go, I want to listen to that because that's really, you know, that's, that's drawn me in. It's, it, it's hooked me, you know. Well, that opening track would certainly draw me in. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, Alone Again or Alone Again or Love that one. Yeah, beautiful. 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 It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not uh, oh no sorry I said I'm no no not going to mention them again don't uh, right on to my next one uh, another one of those ones which I feel demonstrates the the band and the style of the band if you like this came out in 71 I think an amazing album cover its title was I guess a bit of a a bit heavy on innuendo anyway um and the sleeve sort of doubled down on that suggestiveness if you like okay hi and you probably which one you I, said, I if i said it features a real zip on the sleeve <laughs> yeah now i've had a conversation with my dealer about this one because i said i want the i want one with the zip and he said, well, they're one, they're expensive, and I can get you one, but there is many examples of the zip damaging the vinyl. Damaging, yeah, I was going to so say. do you yeah, actually want the zip? And I'm now thinking, oh, maybe I don't. <laughs> but it doesn't feel authentic. In case anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, sticky I'm talking about fingers. the Rolling Stones and Sticky Fingers, yeah. um, which did feature a real zip um, on the trousers, of it wasn't Jagger, I think it was a model, wasn't it? Um, it's an Andy Warhol design. Mm -hmm. Concept was his. Photo was by Billy Name, and designer was Craig Braun, or it could be Craig Brown. I don't know. B R A U N anyway. But as you said, the zipper then tended to um, cause damage to the records. Um, so. It's not a great idea. It's not a good <laughs> idea, is it? Trying for style over substance, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But if you, if, if you, otherwise, this is true, but if you unzip the zip, it does reveal um, some underwear. Yes. With Andy Warhol's name rubber stamped on them. Does that ring a bell to you? It doesn't ring a bell because I don't have the. Yeah, I've got the zip. I only know it from. I only know it from the pictures, and yeah, yeah. so it's on my list of Stones albums for Gordon to get for me. So. Okay. So I, I again, you see, I would think that that's fairly iconic. That image. <sighs> yeah, it. Pro yeah, I guess it probably is. I mean, it isn't on my. I mean, list, the tongue, but, I suppose, is a maybe another image, but I mean, the tongue is the one that is the real. That's what's on the t-shirts. That's what's on the T-shirts, I guess, yeah. And, you know, like when they played at Nebworth, which was the only time I saw them, when they played at Nebworth in 1976, they had the tongue stage, you know. So basically the, the tongue is, is the Stones' iconic image. But I, but I absolutely agree with you. I, 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 
I was wondering whether to put it on or not. In the end, I decided not to, not because I thought you would, but because I thought, well, there are others which I think are more iconic, but but I think you can argue a very strong case for it. What, by the Stones? No, I mean other, other albums. All right, yeah. okay. Yeah, so of my, my of my 12 iconic albums, of which we've now covered three because you've had them on your list, yeah. um, I, you know, that that Stones one would have been 13 or 14. So, yeah, it's certainly okay. it's up there. Okay, no, see your fingers, Rolling Stones. Over okay, now, I'm, right, so I'm going to do a twofer now. So, um, well, only because I've got one and then I'm going to reference it to another one. So the one I'm choosing is this one. Oh, yeah, In the Land of Grey and Pink. The Land of Grey and Caravan. Pink. Caravan. Which, um, when you opened it up, uh, when it was an actual album, it uh, it looked like that. So it's this kind of amazing kind of landscape with mm. little pixie huts and mushrooms and various other things. Indicative Tolkien-esque. It is Tolkien-esque, and it is very, um, very much something which people in the nineteen um, in, in 1971, when it came out, would have uh, totally, uh, totally harmonised with. Um, mm. It's um, it's Caravan's breakthrough album. Um, actually, all their artwork is good, but none of the rest of it is like this. The rest of it is mostly photographs, and they they're great because they're really great names, like for girls who grow plump in the night. And um, if I could do it all over again, I'd do it all over you and various other um, fantastic titles. Uh, but um, the um, the <laughs> that cover, which I do think is a is a is a proper piece of art. You know, it is a land of grey and pink, and it's beautifully executed. But it's by a lady called Anne Marie Anderson, who worked in the art department of Decca Records. Oh, really? I think, but you see, I think that's quite interesting because what that says to me is that that discussion we had at the beginning about you know how important is album art. Well, actually, if Decca had its own art department, mm. that says to me the answer is it's really important. Yeah, yeah. Because that's part of selling the package, isn't it? And if there are, and, and, and especially when Decca and Deram were kind of the prog label at the time before um before Atlantic took over, you know, a lot of them. Um for me, what that says is that this packaging of the whole thing is actually a really important part of it. Okay. Now, the one I'm going to talk about at the same time is not, and it's kind of like number 12 on my list, or 13 or whatever, um, it's not because it's the same genre and not because on the face of it it looks the same, um, but I'll explain why in a minute, and that's Eat a Peach by the Ormond Brothers. Ormond Brothers. Okay. Right, so on the front cover of the Ormond, so and it, that's a gatefold, and on the gatefold front you've just got a picture, a, a, little, a little picture of a lorry with a peach in it. And that's because of that's Barry Oakley died riding his motorbike into a peach lorry or more. Of it. Yeah, yeah. That's basically the story. Um, and it was kind of during the recording. So, um, or they'd lost Duane. He was Duane. Was it Duane who did? Anyway, he was, he was on part of, part of the album he's on. And then the kind of the rest of it, he isn't. Um, but what the reason I'm talking about it in the same context as, of, as he, of Caravan uh, and Pink is because when you open up the inside of, uh, eat a peach you've got again this great big kind of hippie 
landscape with mushrooms, with little pixies, with all these riotous colours. It was really funny because I remember I remember buying the album and my dad, who, as you know, was a book publisher and kind of he was into his artwork because he, he used to commission it for books. Um, and I showed him it and he looked at it and he said, it's a bit crass. And I thought, mm, is it? And then I thought, well, okay, that's, you know, it's his view. Um, and then I looked at it later, you know, much later, years later, and thought, is it? No, it's not. What it is, is very redolent of the era that it that it was done yeah. in. Yeah. And actually, is the land of Graham Pink crass? No, I don't think it is. I think it's absolutely, as you say, Tolkien-esque fitting to the mm. subject matter of the album. Um and I think that the, that inner cover of Eater Peach is the same. And I, and I think when you open up the whole thing, so you've got the cover, you've, you've got the front cover, and then you've got the um, you've got the um, you know the band and the and the track listing on the back, and then you've got this amazing scape inside, this landscape inside. Um, and I just think that the two of them have these have these landscapes. And interestingly, I was doing a lot of reading around. Roger Dean, not that I've chosen any of his work, by the way, um, but um, he sees himself as a landscape artist. So a lot of his stuff is based around landscapes. They're all right, a lot of them surrealistic landscapes. So I think that the landscape images are quite an important part of rock music, art as well, certainly from that era. Okay. So, your, your, your dad was saying that Eater Peach was crass or yeah, no, the, the, yeah the, the artwork in the center of of Eater Peach all oh, right was, okay was crass yeah which you know so uh, everyone's entitled to their everyone's opinion entitled to their own opinion you know he preferred uh, he preferred Louis Armstrong to uh, Harry James <laughs> each to their own each to their own right Shaka I'm just going to just going I've waited long enough okay the Beatles yeah. Okay. Now, I mean, there's so there's so many. They had some great album covers. It is. Um, even even the starkness. I'm not gonna pick this one. Even the starkness of the white album was quite sort of symbolic, complete opposite to the previous album, which we'll come on to. Uh, just completely white, embossed with the with the name Beatles in white, also on yeah. the sleeve. Um, and I mean, interestingly, one guy opened a record shop just selling, it wasn't Gordon, just selling copies of the White Album. Yeah, people bring them in. Yeah, they, they'd have like, I don't know, uh, they drawn on them. They, 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 they were coffee stained. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So it. Right. This sort of, this sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. So um, it was like a blank space onto which you could project your own ideas or your own fantasies. Well, that's quite the that's quite similar to the Wall by Pink Floyd. It's quite similar to the Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, mm. and it's quite similar to Welcome by Santana. They're all white, and in fact, Santana, you've got Welcome is embossed on there in white as well. So. I think that it, that I think that works because it makes you go. I can do what I want with this. Mm. Maybe was the point. Okay, and it did open up and did have a load of 
photos uh, of the band and, and stuff in as well. Uh, and the other, well, even even with the Beatles, actually, uh, their first, uh, their second album in the UK, Robert Freeman's photo, the, the image of the four heads wearing the black. Uh, you could just are we, see. The, are we talking Hard Day's Night? No, we're talking with the Beatles. Oh, the right, first, right. Second album with the Beatles. Oh, right. Well, Hard Day's Night as as well is well, an image see, that everyone I, knows. Well, if if I was going to choose, if if I was going to choose a Beatles album on my list as opposed to the Icons, hmm. I would choose Hard Day's Night because that 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 um, the different heads, the film the reels, they are. I just think that's really clever, hmm. um, and it's very very stark. And instantly memorable for me. I agree. I agree. So, I agree. That's one I probably would have chosen. All right. And well, the other two, I mean, there are others as well that were good, but I think the other two, obviously, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm in an R-ing about which one I would pick. But of course, Sergeant Pepper, right? Well, Sergeant if Pepper, it won't London. surprise you to learn that that is the first one I wrote down on my iconic <laughs> covers. <laughs> largely because I knew you'd choose it. But secondly, because everybody in the world knows Sergeant Pepper. Well, this is one I was referring to earlier on, I think, where the artwork, per se, the artwork itself is almost more famous than the music contained on it. Yep. I mean, things like, I don't know, Within You, Without You, and When I'm 64, maybe, uh, Good Morning, Good Morning, being for the benefit of Mr. Kite, She's Leaving Home, getting better all, all the tracks on the album i know one or two maybe that people would always recognize maybe like the day in the life or whatever and lucy in the sky with diamonds lucy in the sky maybe or the title track perhaps yeah. um but there are so many songs on there and i, I it's it's mainly known for the art oh, peter blake's uh creation I, and you obviously you know the story all the lennon all the beatles they wanted the best known figures from pop culture, uh, history, and literature. Uh, so I don't know how many there are. I should know that. I should have looked it up. But the, people like Edgar Allan Poe, Marilyn Monroe, Marlon Brando, Marlena Dietrich, you know, that sort of thing. And, of course, the Beatles themselves are on there. Well, yeah. twice. Once as them, and secondly, with the four waxwork dummies uh, made by Madame Two Swords. Um, interestingly, five names were excluded are you aware of these five they're excluded from the sleeve no for various reasons one jesus christ okay was left off adolf hitler was left off okay <laughs> gandhi was left off who was gandhi i thought you said dandy i was no, thinking not dandy <laughs> Andy Nichols. Andy Nichols. Still death, still <laughs> silly old moo. Silly old uh, moo. Silly old moo. No, um, Gandhi. Gandhi. Yeah, right. yeah, and he made one film. What happened to him after that? Eh? Yeah, I know. Um, the, the interesting one is a guy called, um, oh, Elvis Presley was another one that was excluded. Well, they, uh, they did something right then. The, <laughs> the band thought, that you won't like their reasoning, that they thought he was basically too big, too, too famous, too big. Uh, he wasn't just a pop star. He was the king of Elvis. He, they didn't want him on there. And the other was a guy called Leo Gorsi, who was an actor who, and th they had to ask all the people that were on the sleeve permission to use their image. 
Well, and, it's difficult to ask. It's difficult to ask for Jesus and Adolf Hitler's images. Well, possibly so. But the the one, the only one that wanted compensation, he wanted five hundred dollars for his uh, for the use of his image. Was this guy Leo Goss? He was an actor. He was in, um, ooh, he was in the film Dead End Kids as a child. And no, I didn't know it either. Uh, and then he was in the Bowery Boys movies in the forties and fifties. Anyway, he wanted compensation. He was left off. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised either. But that's, that's, yeah, I think I'd probably, given that that was amazing, uh, it was the first, as usual, the first, uh, the first for the Beatles, the first album, I believe, to show lyrics on the album sleeve. So that made it unique in itself. Yeah. Well, it's not now, but it was at the no. time. Um, it it had all these cut out figures in it, didn't it? It had all sorts of things. Well, I don't remember it when it came out. I was only what seven or eight years old. But looking back, I do have the vinyl somewhere. Uh, if I've got the fortieth anniversary, I do have a vinyl of that fortieth anniversary somewhere in the in the house. And um, yeah, it, it was a, a quite a splendid cover. I mean, I, I you know, it, personally, not one of my favourite albums, funnily enough, but. It is a great album. And the other one, of course, maybe as iconic is the Abbey Road sleeve for me. Well, you know, I'd thought about that, but I don't think, yeah, maybe. it's icon- I think it's iconic for the place rather than the album. I don't think that the album cover leaps out at you. I think you go, oh, that's the Abbey Road Zebra Crossing. I, I mean, but, but I'm not a massive Beatles fan. You know, I like the Beatles, but I'm not a huge mm. fan. So um, I, it, it wouldn't. I, I would never have seen that as being iconic personally. It was certainly part and parcel of what created, helped to get the Paul is dead sort of conspiracy yeah. thing, didn't they? With the four, the funeral procession across the road. Yeah. You had John, who was the priest, and he was a ghostly figure in white. Ringo was the undertaker in black. George Harrison in denim was the grave digger. Paul McCartney barefoot. Uh, he was the corpse. I mean, what, he'd obviously be the corpse. Why else would he be barefoot? It wouldn't be that his shoes didn't. Well, weren't could have been me in the nineteen seventies because I hated wearing shoes. But anyway, <laughs> oh, you're, you're such a hippie. You're such no, a hippie. Dad used to tell me off. Terrible. Anyway, anyway. Um, but that I, I think it's it's still. I don't know what you call it iconic. I, I still think it's one of the most famous colours. Oh, I'm not disagreeing well, with you. I'm just so I'm, I'm many just shirts thinking, have that sleeve. Yeah, they do. I'm have just that, have that sleeve on it, rather than Sergeant Pepper. Funny enough, well, you I see, I see Abbey Road. Maybe so. Well, they can copy. No, but, it it's copy, but I mean, but but when you, I think one of the beauties of a of a of a t-shirt is you've got to be able to look at it and know what it is. So, I mean, Disraeli Gears is never going to be on the front of a T-shirt, is it? No. There's too much there. You just go, blimey, you've chosen something really loud in a cheap shop. Mm. Um, it, it, so I think that I think that Sergeant Pepper works as an album cover, and I think it's iconic because it's the Beatles, because of all the figures, because of the story behind it. But you'd never find it on a T-shirt, whereas, yeah, I agree, you would find Abbey Road. You would find the, the Abbey Road thing on there that's just like the same as the Ramones and you know other albums of a similar nature isn't it yep okay well obviously any album sleeve artwork list had to include Sergeant Pepper so there you go 
Well, that was it, me including it. It was on. It was on my iPhone. And you, in fact. Well, I, it wasn't on my list, but it's on my icons. So uh, okay. Right. Okay. So in 1993 or 94, um, I did my very first trip to Saudi Arabia, and I was there for six weeks, which was a bit of a tough ask because it was not like it is now. It was very much a medieval police state. And um, one of the weekends, I was working for one of the banks out there, and um, my client was a, a Welsh guy, and there was, a, there was a lot of Brits over there, a couple of guys from Northern Ireland, nice bunch. Anyway, long and boring story. One weekend, we decided we'd take a drive out into the desert outside Riyadh. So we got in his four-wheel drive. We drove up, up this biggest escarpment, um, and, um, which was at high, and looked down into the valley underneath. And it was kind of mid-afternoon. It was um, it was October time, so it wasn't blazing hot, but it was still very, very warm. There was a big orange sun going down in the background. And I've never been anywhere where the sound, where, where it was absolutely soundless. So there was literally no sound at all. And, and this is not the album cover, but what it made me think about was this idea of the roaring silence. The silence is so silent that it's loud. But the reason for the story is because as I then looked down from the top of the escarpment into the ravine underneath, there was a couple of old Arab guys leading a camel train down the valley. And I looked up and there was the there was the 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 carrot the um the the the, tr the trainer camels at the bottom and this big orange sky this big orange sun starting to set which looked remarkably like Cav caravanserai santana yeah now everybody who knows me knows that this is by a hundred times my favorite santana album and i love santana and i've got loads of their stuff um but um the um the actual artwork was done by somebody called Joan Chase. I have got no idea who Joan Chase is. But what I what I love, what I, I mean, I love it. I think it's a really stark image. I like, you know, you've got the sun on the front, you've got the stars on the back, you've got the camels down the bottom, kind of just walking along. It's this very it's very blue, uh, obviously, as you can tell. But then the inside. You've got this. You've got this writing, which is kind of um, you know, he was starting to get into his jazz rock with uh, um, John McLaughlin by this stage, um, and so you've got the you've got the you've got the Santana name and the name of the album plus all of the writing inside, and it's English, but it's written as though it's Arabic text. So when you look at it, it kind of looks vaguely Middle Eastern. So I think it's a clever, it's a clever piece of, it's a clever piece of art to to create an image, and that I think that of all of the ones I've chosen, that is the one that is the most stark. Just that great big orange sun, and then the little train of camels underneath, and of and it's a magnificent album. I mean, just just so many wonderful tracks on it, absolutely standout band. Um, so. Um, and, and, it, and my favourite caravan, my favourite um, Santana album by a mile. So I couldn't, I couldn't do one without yeah. having that. I mean, I love the album, but I think the artwork is outstanding. So that was uh, that was an easy choice. 
This isn't necessarily an iconic one. It's just one that. No, no, no. I, 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 as I say, none of my. Oh yeah, none, none of, of my picks. Yeah. None of my picks. Right. Well, you might say that one of them is, but I, well, I you know, I, and if it is, it is. But, um, but uh, no, it's not. All right. Well, you tell me whether this is an iconic one or not. This was released in 1976, the end of 1976. Photo mm-hmm. by a guy called David Alexander, art director John Kosh. Okay. It was the band's ooh, fifth. I think it was their fifth album. Okay. Yeah, I think it was their fifth. Could be their sixth. No, I think it was fifth. Um, and the image on the front, again, I think this sort of represents the sounds of the album. Okay. It is showing on Sunset Boulevard, a Beverly Hills hotel. Okay. The name of the album is styled as a sort of a neon sign in the bottom right-hand corner. I know where you're going Blue. In blue. I don't know where you're going with this. Right. Um, and the image, in my opinion, I'm sure I'm not the only one, seemed to capture all of the implied decadence of a residence that you cannot leave. Does it have a palm tree kind it of? Does thing? Indeed. It does so indeed. We're talk- now, it's interesting because I... I ummed and ahmed for a long time about whether to put it on my iconic covers list and opted not to, but I absolutely buy that it is. So, yeah, Hotel California. Okay. And the owners of the hotel did uh, sue, I think. Uh, So there's a bit of legal complications. And I think they relented when they realised that they were getting a little bit more trade as a result of it. I think basically in America you kind of sue for breathing in and out, don't you? So uh, this is probably true. As a major surprise, Eagles, of course it is, and it's Hotel California. It did open up the album. It was a gatefold, wasn't it? Yes, it was a gatefold. As far as I remember, though, it just had the lyrics to Hotel California, the song. Yeah, on this, it didn't have the lyrics to any of the other songs. No, just Hotel California. Um, Yeah, that's what I thought. And I again, I that was the very. Was it the very first? No, it was the second album I ever bought on CD. Okay. So I haven't got it. I haven't got the vinyl version. I've, I've got it on CD, even I've though got, I went, I saw them on the tour. I think I've got two. I think I've got two vinyl versions. I mean, I, I bought it when it came out on vinyl. Probably bought it on CD. Well, I've definitely got it on CD somewhere in this studio. Um, and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I bought it again. When when vinyl, uh, people don't like, I know John, your friend John, doesn't like it when we say vinyl is back. Vinyl loves so, it. Because no, it's never gone, it, it's never been away. No, it's it, it, it didn't ever go away. But what went away was people releasing new stuff on vinyl. Now people do release new stuff on vinyl. So yeah, now, yeah, that's, you, that's like, now you can download it or you can get the CD or you can get vinyl. Can get In vinyl. the 90s, you could get CDs. Oh. That was it. In the 90s, vinyl, you got vinyl, didn't you? Or was it all CDs? Maybe it was all CDs. No, vinyl, vinyl disappeared in the late 80s and didn't really start coming back for new stuff until 20, I don't know, 
five, six, seven. Yeah, five. I suppose that's probably true. I'm trying to think of the, the albums in the nineties. They were generally on CD. Yeah, they were on CD. All the Britpop but, stuff. And, and that is why a lot of the nineties albums had not brilliant artwork. Although I have got one absolutely super iconic one from the nineties. But uh, <clears throat> the exception that proves the rule. The exception that proves the rule. Right. Okay. So mine's Hotel California. That's my one. Next. Yours. Okay. My next one. And obviously it's me. So I can't go without one by my favorite band. Let me guess. Oh, okay. That's, uh, yeah, that's the second album, was it? Was it? No, third album. Um, the Yes album. Yes. The 1971. Now, um, the first two albums, I mean, the artwork for number one was just Yes in a speech bubble. The artwork for number two was a kind of time and a word, which was kind of like a checkerboard with a pair of weird shaped legs because of the angle. Um, and then Fragile, which was the fourth one, and then onwards were Roger Dean. And, you know, everybody knows if, you, if you're into your pop art and rock art, then Roger Dean is at the God tier end of uh, rock artists. But in the middle of all of that, they produced this. Now, I for me, I mean, this is my favourite Yes album anyway, but I think that it is very striking in that it's basically a film, it's a celluloid film strip. Um, like a Hard Day's love, Night. Huh? Like a Hard Day's Night. Yes. In a way, but, but the other way around. Yeah. Um, and I, what I love about it is that you've got the members of the band and then you've got this disembodied head like this. Um, and it's basically a wig dummy from a from a shop. I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's kind of um, one of them is kind of sitting there. And then you've got this chair on the left and then on the back, the band have all disappeared and you've got the chair and the head, head just hanging there. Now. Um, inside, boring, just got pictures of the band, you know, nothing special there and no lyrics. But what I love about it, apart from the fact that I think, you know, it's it, it's very iconic and it is my favourite Yes album, but what I love about it is the fact that, um, for me, it was one of the very first music images that really struck me. So when I was doing my art O-level at school, our school, um, I took the inspiration from that head and created this kind of psych head thing, but put hair on it and stars and loads of other stuff. And it was part of my O-level um, coursework for which I got an A, not oh. for the whole thing, but I got an A for that piece of coursework. So I was inspired by the Yes album to uh, create a masterful piece of artwork towards getting my art o level and so you're now going to show us that no because I, mean, I have got it somewhere actually but i get i'd have to crawl under the desk and that is something you don't want to see no. um so the um the photos were by um phil franks and barry wenzel and the design overall was by jan goodchild I have no idea who any of those people are, but Jan Goodchild sounds as though she might have been a Sunday school teacher. <laughs> That's about as far as I can go with that. Yes. Well, what was the um, symbolism of the empty chair? 
on the Yes album? Any particular um, well, I think this was because... Like member um, or something, maybe? Or? Yes, because the guitarist left and was replaced by um, was replaced by Steve Howe, so it was the first album uh, right, okay. played on. So it was one out, one in. I think that was the uh, that was the general idea, or well, that's the rumour. I may no. be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure that was the rumour. That was the same. So I, yeah, yeah, I, I wasn't. You weren't going to get away without me mentioning yes. Um, but I thought it would be boring to just go down the Roger Dean route, so I would choose that one. Okie dokie. Right now, an interesting album. Whether I don't know whether I call it iconic, but I, it, it it's often considered iconic, and it is Breakfast in America, Super Tramp. Great album cover. I wouldn't call it iconic, but I understand why it might be. And that's because it was an album which had a lot of singles on it. So a lot of people, that was their introduction to Supertramp. It is a very, um, yeah, with the, the image of the, yeah. the waitress in a waitress diner, isn't it? With, yeah. with the oh, orange juice. Yeah. Like a torch. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, that's Almost right. like the Statue of Liberty. Indeed. Indeed. Um, represented the good old American diner. Yep, a Denny's maybe. I don't know. Perhaps other other diners are available, as we would say over here in the UK. Um, but in most of them, if it's uh, one at the side of a highway somewhere, driving across the southern states, you're probably going to get shot by somebody with a big rifle at some point. So possibly, yeah. yeah. But the torch. There was a lot of conspiracy theories about this album. Um, in advance, looking back with with the torch. If you look at the album sleeve, the, the torch is aimed at the Twin Towers. Really? Yeah. And if on oh, the, on, I think on the back of the sleeve, uh, if you hold up the album sleeve to a mirror, the, the, uh, would it be the S and the U? I think it, it, it looks like it's 9 11. Is that right? Something looks like 9 11. If, and I haven't tried it. Is this is this one of these things like you play a Judas Priest album backwards and it says go worship Satan or something? Something. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff know. like this, isn't there? There is, and there's a plane heading towards the skyline as well. Well, I just think it's a it's an interesting album cover. As you yeah. said, wh- whether it's iconic or not, I don't really know. Um, but I quite like it. it the symbolism yeah. and the images that Absolutely. they put on there. Um, and it is a good album too. It is a good album. That, that helps. Um, shall I throw another one in then? One that no one ever would choose, I'm sure. But I, I think it was probably the first, because I wasn't really getting albums in the 60s, had Hard Day's Night, had like the best of the Seekers. Uh, that's about it. Not a lot else. Uh, maybe a couple in the early 70s. Or maybe maybe the Mungo Jerry album was a was a, gatefold but the one i remember as being the first gatefold sleeve was ringo's third album ringo star it was called ringo all right mm-hmm. um it what well, i don't know whether you know the sleeve if i if i Not had a so. copy of it i'd show you um but it's it's like um because as i said it's the first gatefold sleeve. not only that but you open up the gatefold sleeve and there was a booklet inside it as well. And on each page of the booklet, stunning, they had all the lyrics to all of the songs. Excellent. Uh, 
Well, I thought it was excellent as well. No, it is. Uh, That's, I told you that was what that was my impression when we when I looked at um, Journeys to the Centre of the Earth. What was there because it was a book inside. There's a book. The book inside. Yeah, it's excellent. It does. You know, you read the song, then you go to the next yeah. page and turn over. It's I'm all over that, mate. All over Tim it. Tim Bruckner designed it. There were twenty. There's like a, a stage setting on the front with the with the, with the curtains pinned back, and there's Ringo standing. Uh, leaning against with the name Ringo, with his standing up, sort of forming the eye of Ringo, and he's yeah. leaning against the R. I, I, I know, I do know this cover. Yeah, yeah, I and know. there's and there's a little the cherub. There's a little cherub next to him as well, which they put on just for, I don't know, for Ringo's character, which is uh, funny and a bit mischievous. Um, there's also a Latin motto at the top, which Harry Nielsen recommended. It was it was said duet. On Monday, which actually just meant do it on Monday. <laughs> it was like a, a joke, uh, a bit of a joke on a, a Latin motto. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was the only Beatle, it's the only ex-Beatle album to contain all the Beatles on. I don't know. It, it had sort of a Beatle aura about the first album. It's the only album, the only non-Beatles album to contain all of the ba- all of the band on it, and do I think Beatles have auras? Um, they they well they did, yeah yeah. <laughs> they probably had plenty of auras. <laughs> it's turning it's up at their door, mystically Indian, all of a sudden, yeah, within yeah, yeah. Mm. Right, so that's me. I've gone for Ringo. So no one will go for that. Ringo, Ringo. Star. No, I, I I didn't see that one coming a mile off. Good. All right. I'm glad I got one that you didn't recognise. Um, okay, so my next one is um, the layout of the album cover was done by a gentleman called, called Roy Eldridge, who worked for Chrysalis, and he was an ex-journalist. And the album is, um, well, it was originally intended to be a spoof of prog rock um but it became such a successful spoof of prog rock that it now stands as a prog rock iconic album so you know where i'm going with this is it a spinal tap no so you got me there tell okay. me it is oh thick as a brick I should, have, I should have guessed that one because I saw that was the sleeve. You sort of Jethro Tull. Yeah, so, and what is great about this is, and this Gordon's got this for me, and it's pretty well perfect, but um, it's got a few tears on it, which is unfortunate. Uh, but the actual album is good. But um, it's actually a newspaper. Yes, and I noticed so that when you open it up, it actually opens like a paper, and it's basically the story of. That's pretty Gerald. cool. Gerald Bostock, who is the child on the front that you unfortunately you can't see because whoever stuck something on there ripped Gerald's face yes, off, yes. which was unfortunate. Um, <laughs> but uh, flashback to last week's presentation dinner held in Gerald's honour by the Committee of the St. Cleve District Art and Literary Society at the Parrot Rooms. And the, the whole thing, what I loved about this album when it came out was that not only did you have this amazing piece of music because it you know it's basically two 25 minute tracks but they've but you also had an entire newspaper to read and it was done in a very pythonesque manner 
which was even better. So um, under poultry and um, under lost and found, you've got found, very pretty, full-size emperor penguin. Please ring D small, St. Cleve 444. And then gone missing, one <laughs> gone missing, one non-rabbit. Similar at first sight to a normal rabbit, large reward offered. And then has anybody seen an emperor penguin stuffed and full-sized? And it's like the whole thing. Um, but under the personal, are you interested in a holiday exchange with a German girl 14 years of age? Um, and it's just the whole thing. It's, it's, it's just classically, classically Python-esque. The whole thing, when you read it through, when I first looked at it, it had me absolutely roaring with laughter. And it's a brilliant piece of music as well. And I just love the way it's done. It's so clever. You know, they've got the band name up here. It's like on a red top. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks like the Daily Express. Presume the date on it is the album release date, was it? Um, yes, January 72. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, literally, the whole thing is just, and they've got the football results at the black at the back as well. Did Spurs win, huh? Did Spurs no, win? Linwell Heath drew nil nil with Bosworth United. Oh, but not in, again! But in the Athema League, the poet and painter are second with forty four points. I mean, it's just brilliant. It's a fantastic, and again, you know, sorry, but if you're downloading it, you you know you can't you you miss out on all of this. And on the CD version, it was just the front cover and the back cover, you know, so it's not the same. You have to have the original. You'd think they'd have a little booklet, wouldn't you, inside the CD? That would, well, I think I think in the CD there was, but it's but it's not it's not the same as having an actual no, 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 it's true. I mean it's, it's literally a broadsheet paper. But seeing that, that was it's quite impressive that album sleeve, I must admit. That's brilliant. Uh, the newspaper, which reminded me of that um newspaper uh, which I it came out as so a Daily Express. Came out. I don't know whether you saw it. Dated February the twenty fourth, twenty twenty three, Friday, and it's got a picture. I don't know whether you can see it, but it's got a picture of John Motson there, who just passed yeah. away, the commentator, yeah. right? And yeah. next to it, it says Queen's dismay at cuts to Dahl books. I mean, <laughs> did I miss a resurrection there? <laughs> yes. I mean, this <laughs> February February twenty fourth, twenty twenty three. That was bizarre. That, that is, could have been on the Je Jeff Rotel album. That is well bizarre. It's certainly Python-esque. Did you see? Did you see that uh, brilliant? I, I I sent it to all of my kids um, earlier on in the day. But there is this absolutely magnificent uh, um, thing from um, the um, from the breaking news on Twitter. Um, an asteroid the size of fourteen flamingos is set to skim past the Earth on Wednesday, according to NASA. So my kids are all going, well, hang on. So is the flamingo now a unit of measurement? I mean, how big are the flamingos? <laughs> Pretty big. <laughs> Brilliant. Anyway, I digress. What have you got next? I've got another one that you, you probably could guess I might have one of theirs in. I don't know whether it's iconic, but again, I think it's very symbolic of the way they were at the time. I'm talking, you might be surprised to know that I've got one in the middle. I don't know. South London's finest. I'm going for a Quo album, okay? Oh, yeah. Status Quo album. 
And the album I've oh, got... Sorry, you're not saying this is iconic. You're saying this is a favourite album. I'm saying this is a favourite album cover of mine. But I also... It, it's kind of iconic in a way, depending on how you, what you mean. I, I was trying to trying to narrow it down to albums sleeves that sort of represent the sound yeah, no, I totally very get that. well. Yeah, and, and I think I think this one did. It's quite plain, the front cover. It just shows the four members of the band just standing in like double or maybe triple denim. Ah. They had, I think they had a bit of a Levi um, um, sponsorship maybe around that time. All the best That's people a, do. A lot of adverts. Yeah, you, you're a null triple denim, quadruple I am, denim. I, I am very much team Levi's. Wintertooth so. will even count the underpants that you wear, <laughs> allegedly. Um, but, yeah, that that is the sort of image. The four of them, sta- yeah. Um, yeah, three of them standing, one sitting, John Coughlin on sitting down, was the, the main cover. The back, it didn't show any member of the band, uh, sorry, the name of the band on the front at all. But if you turn it over, which I think maybe it was released as an album called Status Quo in the US, and it was a minor hit in the US, believe it or not. It sort of looked like that, that sort of typical right. Status Quo Type yeah. there with the and word status quo typeface as well, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. inside it again, this was open up. It did have these the, the lyrics on the sleeve. Very difficult to read. I seem to remember they're like silver on blue. It was yeah, so, really so yeah. difficult to read. But you <laughs> open up the typical heads down, no nonsense, minus boogie image of them live in concert. Ah, that's what you need with John Coughlin in the back there on the drums. Was what I loved, and it was it was the last album I think they produced themselves. So they went a little bit more poppy commercial after this album. But that's yeah, you know, we're talking the music rather than the the actual artwork. But the artwork I love. There aren't well, many um, there. I think are great. I mean, Hypnosis did the album, not the album before that one. They did the one before that. Quo. Yes, with the, I think the four heads coming out. Yeah, of, right. um, yeah. I've got it here. That was it. Have I got that one here? I don't know whether I have actually. Somewhere about it must be, I can't see it. So I'm not going to waste time looking for um, it. I had a pint once with John Coughlin. Did you? I did in the Monkham's Inn in Buckers Hill. They called him, was it Nuff or something they called him? What did they call him? They had a nickname for him. He did. He he had a. He had another band as well, didn't he? He had the Mark One Range Rover. Yes. Leopard skin seats. As you do. As you do. um, And he was just in the Munkums having a pint. And I walked in with, I can't remember who I was with now. And I thought, that's John Coughlin from Status Quo. And indeed it was. Anyway, there we go. I digress. And he said, that's Stinky Pete to his mate. He did. He he projected into the future knowing that I would become (laughs) Stinky Pete 40 years on. Um. Barbie's just given us a couple of messages. I'll sort of read them out. Um, Electronic music has always used vinyl through all the decades, too. Um, Hip hop frequently used vinyls for DJs to spin and mix from its conception to today. And her first job in 1998 was working at a used vinyl booth at the flea market. Great job. That that, that might be my retirement job doing this. If you ever retire. If I, no, no, don't start me. Uh, right. Okay. So my next, uh, my next favourite album cover is this one. Traffic on the road. Yeah. 
All right. Okay. Not- there was one I was gonna I was gonna say that is often represented in these sort of iconic albums. Craftwork. Craftwork and Autobahn, yeah. We've I, a, I didn't a sort of feel to it, maybe. It has and, and that's why but I've chosen this because I own it, whereas I don't own Craftwork. And with the ones that were my favourites, with the exception of Wish You Were Here, which as I said is on order, um, I've got all the rest. This is I love traffic, and this but this is not on the M25, I don't. Um, I mean the band. Um what I like about this is that actually when you look at it, it's kind of all these fractured motorway bridges and the white lines aren't straight so it's kind of like they're all overlaid over each other and it was designed by a lady called Anne Borthwick no idea who she was but she was the designer um but what I like about it is just well I thought I like the title you know traffic on the road haha it's a live album it's on the road haha but I and I'm not I don't mean whether they took the idea from Craftwork I don't know but um uh, I doubt no, because Craftwork came out later, didn't it? When was Craftwork? Was it because we 74? talked about 74, 74 and this was 73. So this predated Craftwork. Um, mm. But I just think, you know, all those we've we've both been there, those endless miles just driving down the motorway with the bridges flashing over your head and the lights, because there's the lights as well. The very typical motorway lights in the yes. UK um, yep. it, back in the 70s. Um, and I just think as an album it's it's i mean you know it's got color in it it's quite interesting but i think it's just a very stark um no nonsense um clean cover and i've always really liked it so um again easy picks okay fair enough um traffic on the road so autobahn was somebody's one of these uh, designers chose that as his peter savile do you know peter savile um, the, um, factory record stuff like New Order yeah. and Joy Division artwork. He chose Autobahn, but uh, maybe sentimentally, I think it's the first album that he ever bought. And he he just he, he could listen to the title track of the album, which, as you probably know, right up your alley is probably about 22 minutes long, but yeah. the unedited version. Yeah, uh, he'd sit there and listen to it and look at the sleeve of, of just the. The motor, the two parallel yeah, lines. Yeah, the bridge it's like going down. Yeah, he could just imagine going on a journey. He'd never been out of the country. He'd never been into Europe, and it was obviously a German autobahn motorway. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he could just take himself wherever he wanted to go. So, well, I feel like that that's the same with this because on the road, the first track is um, "Glad Freedom Rider," which is twenty-one minutes, um, and "Freedom Rider" is basically this idea of being a rider a freedom rider going down the motorway so in my mind that's not what the song's about but in my mind that's what you're doing which again i think is why it's such a powerful image right okay well i'm i've probably given you most of my i've got loads of others written down as well but we'll, we'll I mean, chuck those in at the we'll chuck those in at the I end could so. do. i mean one we, i should really we've, mention we've got another half hour yet so i don't know about that we've had an hour and 26 minutes already oh, we, we, we'll yeah. um uh is the iconic for me you won't like it. In fact, you might not like the other one I was going to mention. Elvis Presley, his debut album. Is that the one that The Clash ripped off? Which The Clash ripped off with Paul Simon and Smashing a Guitar. So I, I could include The Clash London Calling. That's a pretty symbolic album cover. Yeah. But they obviously nicked the, um, the, the lettering, uh, pink and green lettering up and down the side of the album. Uh, right angle text 
Yeah. Um, also, uh, Rain Dogs, Tom White's album, Rain Dogs, had a similar sort of... Yes, it did. Yeah, yeah. We've, I think we've talked about this before on another show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not- so that was Elvis. Another one you won't like, I'll just throw in there quickly before you give any more, um, which I think, again, is an iconic album cover, if I can find it. But it is one of your favourite artists, no doubt. But it's an image of... Is it Kate Bush? No, it isn't. It isn't Is it Kate Queen? Bush. It's not Queen. Okay. It's not Queen. It's not Kate we're, Bush. We're safe. Oh, it's not madness, it's is it? It sort of defined female fashion in the 80s. Uh, a, bit, a bit like Sticky Fingers maybe did for... Uh, okay. It didn't, it, it didn't show her name on the is album. It Madonna? Sleeve. It's Madonna, and it is... Um, had, a crown, had a crown on her head. He's just showing it doesn't. It doesn't show a head. Don't even need to show a head. Just show a midriff. It's like a prayer. Okay. So he didn't need to. She's so famous. She didn't need to show a face to be to be recognised. Basically, okay. um, I think that's a fairly iconic cover. Not not particularly one of my favourite albums, but I think it's a fairly iconic image. Okay. Tell me yours. Tell me yours. Well, I'll give you my last one, and then I'll. Well, then we'll talk about the other ones that I think are iconic, which we haven't covered, um, right. and one of which I'm amazed we haven't covered. Oh, sorry, I'm amazed you didn't mention because I, I I got it down as number three anyway. Um, right, so my last one is um, it was was designed by David King and Roger Law, but the art director was the magnificently named Ed Thrasher. <laughs> I mean, that's the name, isn't it? And it is. Uh, I'll take the... Uh, I've, I've only got this on CD, um, so I'll just pull the CD cover out because then it looks like it looked like on the vinyl album. And it is this one. It's Jimi Hendrix. Axis Bold as Love. Axis Bold as Love, yeah. Yeah. Which not only is one of my favourite Hendrix albums, but I just love... I l- love the artwork. So if you look closely, you've got... You've got the cobras at the top and the Indian deities. You've got Hendrix and Noel Redding and um, the other guy. Uh, And then you go down and you've got all of these Indian women uh, with the swords. And then right down to the bottom, you've got all of these amazing dresses. And again, I just think it's really, really, really classic 1960 67-ish time in it yeah, 67 pop art and, and, and i mean there was a lot of indian imagery wasn't there the beatles were there there was the there was you know hendrix there was um what then led on through santana and marvishnu and all that jazz rock stuff a lot of that was based around india you know uh, and then you've got um you've got um uh, you know Ravi Shankar's impact on people. So I just, you know, India was very, very trendy at the time, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and um, I mean, I, I've, the original Electric Ladyland cover, so not the sanitised thing, which is basically just his mugshot, uh, but the original Electric Ladyland with the nude women and the and the, the stars and stripes and all the rest of it. I mean, I think the original versions of that are worth an absolute bloody fortune. Um, but um, I just, again, I think it's. Uh, I just think it's a really, really brilliant, bright, colourful design. 
and it makes the album jump out at you. And then you listen to it and you go, yeah, Castles Made of Sand and um, uh, Spanish Castle Magic and um, Little Wing, the original with Six Was Nine and all the rest of it. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, all of the uh, great songs on there. So, the second album, wasn't it? The second album? Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it followed up pretty well. Oh, you experienced, wasn't it? Oh, you experienced this experience. one, yeah. Right. Okay. And then they did. Uh, they had to fit in something because it was contractual stuff, wasn't it? Rainbow Bridge, and then um, Band of Gypsies before Electric Ladyland. Um, I've got. Have we, haven't, we haven't mentioned Zeppelin. Right. Okay. So, I Zeppelin, I think, are really interesting because, um, unlike a lot of bands, they came shooting out the blocks and produced six brilliant albums back to back. Now you can argue about the fact that Physical Graffiti should have been a single album, not a double, but right before, and then with all of that brilliant music, absolutely every single one of the covers was also a brilliant cover. I nearly I nearly chose Houses of the Holy. That's the one I've got written down, Houses well, of the Holy. I nearly, and that's iconic because nowadays you'd never get away with lots of pictures of children's bottoms. I mean, just, you know, there's for a million and one reasons that would never pass the censor. Um, it's only two children, was it? Not, uh, two kids, maybe they just sort of used the same one. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying Whatever. is yeah, yeah. the way, I mean, it's the same as, it's the same as the Blind Faith um, cover that they'd never get away with that these days either. But, um, no. <laughs> but so, but you know, so Led Zepp three with that, um, with the with the um, the wheel, so that the, the you know, so that the pictures all changed inside the cover. Physical graffiti with all of these amazing, you know, the pull out interiors. So the inner sleeves were part of the outer sleeve, and they, all the pictures were in the windows that were all cutouts. When they came up with that, someone in the record company must have gone, "Are you having a laugh? How much is it going to cost to predict, to print this?" You know, because I mean, it was a, it was a serious. It was a serious piece of art, and and just that very stark image of the of the apartment built. It was was it a warehouse or apartment building or whatever? But I've on my um, on my list of iconic covers, I've got Untitled because I think that I think yeah, because I think that what is iconic is you know who thought of this really crappy wallpapered wall with a picture of an old man on it and then some 1970s Birmingham tower blocks in the background who thought that was a good idea and you know and you go and there's no it doesn't say so what's it called who's it by you know and then inside it doesn't it is Zoffo or Zosso or four symbols or whatever you know it what is it four yeah but then inside you've just got the words the stairway to heaven and you've got uh and you've got this, which I thought, you know, I just oh, said, and you've got that inside as well. So that's the, uh, the picture of the, uh, guy with the, the guy with the lamp. Um, so, um, so I've got, I've got untitled as my, um, iconic, but if I I'd chosen a favorite, I would have chosen houses of the holy. Houses of the holy. All right. Yeah. Not, so let me tell you, let me tell you what the other. Yeah, go on. Let me tell you what the other ones I've got down uh, on the iconic ones. The one I thought you would choose is um, "Nevermind" by Nirvana. Well, I've got that. I've got that written down. Um, I mean, it, I mean it, that it is, is on iconic. It is iconic. And, it, and and of the and and, and from the nineties, it is the one outstanding iconic album cover. You know, I, I, that was a very very easy very easy choice for me. 
Um, I had country life. Mind the bollocks. Does that count? Yeah. <laughs> they probably were showing on the guy on on the Nevermind cover anyway. They, they probably were, and it was a naked child. And you know, as we've it was. said, that was none of those things would be acceptable today. Anyway, um, country life, Roxy music. I mean, you can argue a reasonable case that all of the Roxy albums were iconic, but that one in particular, because it was as close to the knuckle as it was, um, and the fact that it was banned in the states, has kind of made it iconic. I think. Yeah, what were the two models in underwear or no underwear with or, hands or strategically tra- placed? Strategically placed. Um, but it was, it was originally, <laughs> I did say this before, I think it was. Yeah, you did. I, we, we talked about it. Yeah, when, when the, uh, the, the, the album cover came out eventually and they, they excluded the models and they just had a picture of a bush. Yes. Which I thought was, was <laughs> quite ironic. There you go. <laughs> given, <laughs> given the Behind the two girls. Anyway. Um, I th- I thought you would choose Band on the Run. Well, another one, yeah. Again, it's an iconic cover. Well, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think. I it's think I'd like, overdosed on Beatles and Ringo and. Well, yeah, but I just think, I just think, you know, again, because of it's got you know Sean Connery and Clement Freud and you know the others on it. Um, John Conti. John Conti, yeah. Um, maybe it was maybe it was Macca's way of kind of referencing back to. Sergeant Pepper, I don't know what was in his mind, but I mean, and again, I think it's iconic because it's that stark black cover, and they're all wearing just you know they're basically in suits, aren't they? Um, yeah. And it, and it's just kind of like caught in the searchlight. I just think yeah, they've been just, searched and they've been hunted. Yeah, down it was just whatever, a clever. Yeah. It was just a clever piece of uh, a, artwork. A clever piece of design. So I got that one. Um, another one which for me is iconic. I don't. I don't have the album and I don't know it well enough. Although again, it's on my list for Gordon to get for me. Um, Deep Purple in Rock, because that's the one where they are basically Mount Rushmore. Yeah. And again, I think as an iconic image, taking the band and making them the American presidents on, on Mount Rushmore. And apparently I was reading about it. They, um, that was all done basically in a studio with green screens and, and, you know, they kind of, they did it all. It, they, they basically built it in a in a studio to do it. Oh, um, yeah. So what is uh, chicanery, indeed. And then the other one, which I thought you would choose, and then I've got another couple. But the other one I thought you would choose was American Pie, Don McLean. Yeah, well, again, it's a it's a very uh, recognisable image. You know, that it's sort the, of, it's, yeah, it's, exactly. It's yeah. the thumb, isn't it? And it's, it, um, he's in half darkness, but then you've got this big. Stars and Stripes fist. Um, mm. And I, I, I think that's I think that's pretty iconic. I couldn't include all of these albums in there, to be honest. I couldn't include them all. I mean, and then one I, I also... Could... Oh, go on. Yeah, go on. All right, then. I, I mean, one that I, I often hear as being a, a very iconic album cover was the debut by Velvet Underground and Nico. Yeah, well, I've got that on the list. Oh, no. With the banana. Yes, that's the Velvet Underground and Nico. Yes. Yeah, the, I've the got that. Album. That's that's one of the other ones I was going to say. I've got that too. But again, how many T-shirts have you seen without Andy Warhol banana on? Hundreds. Yeah. But, uh, for, but for me, the, the that's one of those examples of where the album cover is much more famous than the album. Everybody, yeah, I, everybody knows right. the Warhol image, but if you said to them, who is it? You know, yeah. who was the band? Yeah. They'd go, 
No idea. They might, I mean, you know, and they certainly wouldn't know who Nico was. No. But it is... I, I always get confused whether it's actually a Velvet Underground album and their debut album, or it's it's a Velvet Underground and Nico, because that's what it's it, called. It's very definitely Velvet Underground and Nico, yeah. Yes, but is that is that a Velvet Underground album, or is it actually, and it's called Velvet Underground and Nico, or is it, you know, it's a bit like the John Lennon... John Lennon Plasticono band thing. He's I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a big enough fan to know. So um yeah, but, but I, I agree. It is um it's by okay. the um work of art, if you yeah. like, uh in yeah. the in the pop art movement. I would well, say. It's, it's a work of art that was attached to a piece of music rather than a piece of music that was attached to a work of art. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it was the other way round this time, I think. Or well, that, that's how I read it. I've got a couple of others. Um, Court of Crimson oh. King. Yeah. Oh, yeah. King I did, that did, great uh, thing. had that one listed, yeah. Yeah, that was, I mean, I think that's pretty iconic. It's, I mean, I don't like it particularly, but it certainly stands out. Uh, the and then the other one, which was... Like the album or the sleeve? No, I love the album. No, the sleeve. Yeah, it's just um, the sleeve. The, uh, the other one which, uh, which I had was Tommy, The Who. Mm. And again, when you look at, I mean, I've I've got the CD and the CDs. I mean, the CD booklet is really complex. It's got all the lyrics. It's got all these great pictures. All this, uh, you know, like this open globe that that, that is the front cover. Um, but it was really it was really state of the art at the time. I mean, that came out in 1969, and that was really groundbreaking in terms of what they did with the artwork and how clever it was, um, and you know, the, the whole story. So I, I think that. I think that for something which is such a, such a, uh, has such a, a place in 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 rock history, then it had to have really strong artwork to go with it. I think it absolutely nails it. So uh, that was that was the other one I had on my. What, so which other ones did you have? I've I'll got just... a few written down. I've got Joni Mitchell's Blue. Album, yeah, actually. I, I very sort of extreme close up. Obviously, very blue. Yeah, uh, of. Um, yeah, it's um, uh, quite intimate, sort of like the yeah, like the songs, like the songs on the album, yes, actually. Absolutely. Um, representing that, uh, what well, I'm not going to list them all, but there are a few, um, Purple Rain Prince is quite um, an iconic one. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether you're aware of the the Gorillas album Demon Days, very sort of um, Let It Be sort of style with the four. Yeah. With the foot now, I know the. I mean, I don't know the music, and I know yeah. if I did know the music, I'd hate it. But the album cover, <laughs> I think, is is really clever. So yeah, I do, yeah, I know that one. Um, I've got Cindy Lauper. She's so unusual with her debut album, um, with her dancing on a sort of like a beachside scene, uh, with a with a fiery red hair and um, yeah, um, an icon to thousands of. Uh, Young women, um, and I come to thousands of people with red hair. <laughs> yes, that too. Mainly women, though, I guess. Uh, what else is there? What about Iron Maiden? Well, the now you see the beast. Yeah, I mean that that is iconic. It, and sorry, that is a great cover. In that, there is also the way they introduce Eddie, who now is he runs through all of their stuff, doesn't he? And very much. Um, through the live show as well. I had thought about Iron Maiden, but I couldn't decide which one to choose. But um, so Eddie obviously. is sort of pulling the strings of yeah, that's right. the, the devil. That's right. 
of who is who is, who is then uh, pulling the well, it's control of a little tiny Eddie, isn't he? I think. That's right. It, yeah, it's 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 clever. I think I think it's a clever um, it's a clever cover for certain. And um, I mean, all those, of their sort, all their album covers are. Fair point. Fair but they're point. very they're very stylized, aren't they? There's, I think that like you associate Roger Dean with. Yes, and Greenslade, and you know, and 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 the, and Osibisa, you associate that style with Iron Maiden, and you'd be amazed if you saw anything that wasn't that, because it's very much part of the Iron Maiden package, isn't it? And you know, no, that no criticism at all. And changing style again, I've written down Bitches Brew, Miles Davis. I've got Bitches Brew, and I contemplated having Bitches Brew on my list. I thought I ought to have a jazz album, and I couldn't decide which one. But I, uh, Bishy's Brew is fantastic. Yeah, it's a, it's yep. a album cover. It's a good album cover. Very uh, um, Yeah. Uh, what else is there? Uh, I've said Dark Side of the Moon. We talked about Dark Side of the Moon. We talked. We talked about House of the Holy as well. I think. Uh, oh, I think that virtually, virtually. Okay, covered. so can I just throw in because I think that w- the one of the interesting things is what did artists in the twenty first century do before vinyl really started to re emerge in the mainstream and i absolutely take what um what was said about you know um hip-hop and all the rest of it yes absolutely um but before it started to sell in the volumes it's selling now and what they did was to say well we've got to find a way of packaging art differently so i've got three examples um this is um feast of consequences by fish oh yeah i remember you talking about on yeah Albums so, of the 21st century. Right. So this is um, a complete book, which is literally a hardback book. It's the deluxe edition. It's got all of the album. It's got all of the words inside on all the different pages. And then when it gets to that and, and, and all of the making of the album, so it's an actual book to read. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to the High Woods Suite, which is the one about the first world war because that's the that's the big thing there he then had um all of these pictures created and i mean you know some of the stuff in here is absolutely beautiful and he had all of these pictures created drawn by an artist um from about the first world war and in this and in this edition you've got at the front you've got the cd and then at the back you've got a dvd which is the making of the album he's interviewed they interview the artist they go into the studio so it's an absolute complete package and and i just think it was a clever and, and this i think is an iconic picture you know that is yeah. the battlefields in belgium uh with the fires of the war raging behind it yeah. um and then at the back this very brooding picture of fish with just the names of the songs above it so I think you know that's that's one example. There is another fish one. Being, fish being the original lead singer of Vermillion. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who's not aware, but uh, actually I prefer his solo work. You've got another one here, which is uh, Blues of Desperation. Joe Bonamassa. This is the Silver Deluxe Edition, and inside of it, you've got um, loads of pictures of all of his different guitars that he plays and the stories of all of 
the different guitars cool. and why he likes them and what the different sounds are. So again, it just makes it a very interesting way of packaging something because everybody knows he's a massive guitar collector. He has the bone bonus. What's it called? The Joe Bonamassa Museum, the Bonamuseum or something anyway, whatever he calls it. Um, and, 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 you know, he's a real guitar. Yeah, museum. Show it on the, uh, on the sleeve. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. there's that one. And then the other one, and you know, again, I, I, I make no apologies for choosing, uh, yes. And I make no apologies for choosing Nightwish either. Um, so this is human nature, which again, um, there is the, uh, there is the, um, the CD. And then inside you've got all these, really stark photograph because you know the books about you know creation and or uh, evolution and all the rest of it yeah. you've got all the you've got all the lyrics across pictures and then uh in the middle and you know it's a nice really good photography so this is an old farmer and this is for harvest which you played on your show on one occasion yeah um, and then in the middle you've then got all the pictures of the band but the way the pictures of the band are done are really clever because, uh, well, I mean, you've got, you know, you've got the band lineup picture, but what you've also then got is pictures of them morphing into various different things. So you've got Floor Janssen as a um, uh, morphing into a um, an animal on one side, and then you've got uh, the bassist morphing into a tree, and that's this thing about the link between the different parts of life. So it's kind of pictorial illustrations of what the story of the album is about so i and, and there's quite a few bands have done that and i've when the, the um what's the last eagles album called um, long road out of eden. Long road out of eden i've got the deluxe version of long road out of eden as well and that's kind of a red cover but it's and and, and, and all the pages inside are brown but they've got all of the lyrics loads of good pictures um, and I think that's what they've, I think that's what bands have done. They've said, right, you know, we'll, we'll knock out a CD and recognize that it's a picture that people recognize. But for the ones who are the fans, we'll do these limited edition ones with all the additional artwork. And I would always buy them because for me, it's an important part of the artistic expression of the thing. Yep. So a few examples, which I thought I'd throw in on top. Okay. And I've got. A few, a few to read out. Rhonda's given me a list here. One I just remembered, I did mention it in the albums from 74, which was the Wizard album, Introducing Eddie and the Falcons, which I do oh. like the album see for that. And again, it was a gatefold, but it, it was a, like an album of 50s, 60s uh, classic singers, pastiches of, of a lot of them. Yes, and, yeah, I remember you telling me about The album sleeve was, yeah, like a tea, like a, a tablecloth in a, in yeah, a diamond. Like and again, that's... Yeah, it's stark, isn't it? It, it, yeah. it? it says it says exactly what it's about. Yeah, I like that. It does exactly what it says on the tin. Um, right. Uh, not Barbie. Barbie's given me a couple too, I think. Rhonda's given me a stack of here just to read through. Um, the Moody Blues Long Distance Voyager. I don't know whether you're familiar with that one. I know some Moody Blues stuff, but not that one. Um, Elton John, Captain Fantastic, the Brown Dirt Cowboy. Yeah. Uh, I guess these are like favourites rather than iconic album sleeves necessarily. Uh, Nazareth, No Means City. Yeah. I've written them down quickly, but I don't want to read my writing. Genesis Duke. Uh, yeah, that's, that's very stark. That I, I, The Duke one does stand out because, again, it's a mostly white with that, just that image in the middle. Mm. 
A pre-flight by the birds. Oh, right. I think a pre-flight, I just think of the opening line to uh, Rocket Man, actually. Um, oh, the best of Arlo Guthrie. Breakfast in America. Shout out for yeah. Super Tramp. Yeah. Uh, Born to Run, Bruce. Uh, your favourite band, Queen. News of the World. And, and, uh, in that, you know that big album, that big book I showed you? The one yeah. which is all the album art. It's basically six bands of which Queen are uh, number six. And there's a big thing in there about News of the World. That is very striking. I hate the music, but that is a really striking album cover. ELO Out of the Blue. Yeah. The Spaceship. And uh, Street Survivors, Leonard Skinner. Yeah, well, that, you see, I nearly chose that. but I thought you might. Yeah, but I, because with the flames and you know what, what we know happened afterwards yeah 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 uh and barbie's given me is it two or three here um gogol bordello i'm i'm not familiar with this leaf but it's super taranta and marilyn manson holy wood as opposed to hollywood i think it is yeah, I, I think Right, so I think we better end. We better call it a day for episode one of season four of Off the Record. Thank you very much, Stinky Pete. An interesting, a different debate there on the artwork. Makes a change in talking about the, uh, the music. whatever, the, the, the music, the, the guitars or the drums or the lyrics or the voices. Yep. Uh, we're talking about the artwork. Um, probably influenced by the, the, the album itself, but I've thrown a few in there that, I have anyway, and I'm sure you have as well. You're not as keen on the on the music no, as the, others. It's, it's the artwork we were discussing, so yeah, that's good stuff. Well. Right, well, this, maybe we talk about artwork rather than music. One day we will be on the BBC. BBC. Okay. In maybe meantime, we'll be on the arts programme. We might be on. Fiona Bruce. B- <laughs> BBC Arts. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, and well, this podcast, whatever this podcast will be posted to the usual fora over the weekend coming up, which will be Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Anchor, et al. I love I, I love using a bit of Latin. Okay. Um, but I don't know what we're doing next week, but we'll be back next week. We'll be on the Tuesday next week rather than Wednesday, because for some ridiculous reason. I'm going to see Spurs on the Wednesday night. Yeah, I mean, you, you are. You are a for punishment. punishment. Yeah, I've got. I'm supposed to be going to the Forest game, but I've, after tonight's debacle, I think I might just stay in bed. Yes, <laughs> maybe a good idea. Maybe a good idea. <laughs> but we're not. We're not mentioning the football. No, again. don't mention the football. And, right. and under no circumstances mention it at eight o'clock tomorrow morning, or I shall switch off instantly. No, I will try not to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've just had a, a note. No, Ronda, beat, Ronda has sent a, a comedy album. Cheech and Chong's Big Bamboo had the giant rolling paper included in the album. They come up with some different ideas, don't they? Some of these. Oh yeah, well, it's, I know, that's what makes them clever. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in the meantime, thank you very much again, Pete. And uh, pleasure. It's a good night from me, and it's a good night from him. Not off. Thank you very much, sir.